I'm glad you phrased it that way. You've read the Bible as you've needed it, right? Yeah. And so, did you start at Genesis when you needed it, or did you look at a scripture passage that was relevant to what was going on with you then? Started with Genesis? <laughs> Bible study? I just started a Bible study that's reading through Bible in chronological order. Granted, I started in July, so that means I've already missed some of the first talks. I'll have to go back to those and catch up later. But it was very interesting just to see it in chronological order, how it flows and how it goes, and to just even be able to talk with other people and get their opinion on it. And so, the Word, the Bible, right? How many of you can say that you read it daily? How many of us read it at least once a week? You don't have to raise your hands for this, but I challenge you with that once a week is during the, the pastor scripture sermon references. That does not count. So if that was your once a week, we challenge you for more. How many of you guys read it more than once a week, though? How many of you guys have a devotional book that you read when you read it? Like it kind of leads you along as you go, right? Is that okay to have? Yeah. But we're going to look at it and challenge you guys to go even further. Now, how many meals do you eat a day? Three. Three? Who snacks in between those meals? <laughs> so, do you eat well-balanced meals, though? Do you think, yeah, that food pyramid thing, you got it covered, right, when you eat your meals? You got your grains and your vegetables and your fruits and your meats and your proteins right I always thought potato was a vegetable and so I thought it counted as one of my vegetable servings but it doesn't and I was very disappointed I was like man that was my go-to side when I go places yes I was like right potatoes the tomato on your sandwich does that count not really but we become a society where we focus on eating healthy, right? We try to. We may not always do, but we try to eat healthy. And we pay attention to what we are putting in our mouths, don't we? Mm -hmm. This new craze, gluten-free, right? No GMOs. No GMOs, no artificial flavors, no dyes. Have you seen those? Yes. Have you ever noticed how those are more expensive? What is a GMO? No. I don't think anyone actually knows. We just think it means it's healthier. You know, all I've ever seen is no MSG. It's like, okay, well, that's, that's good product. We become so focused on what we are feeding ourselves. But the question is, physically, we may be eating healthy. Spiritually, what does your eating style look like? Do you get a balanced meal? Like a Valero meal. <laughs> a Valero meal? With all those nitrates and preservatives. And... Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, When your words come, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. When your words 
come, came, I ate them. Jeremiah talks about eating the word of the Lord, right? Psalm 119, 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Ezekiel 3, 1. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. And finally, when we talk about feeding our physical bodies, right? We try not to let ourselves starve, right? We eat when we're hungry. Matthew 4, 4, when Jesus is being tempted, he says, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Have we been starving ourselves spiritually? It may have been a little easier in previous generations to allow the society around you to help feed you spiritually. But in today's society... If you allow what's out there to feed you, you're probably not doing yourself any favors. Now, spiritual overeating can be possible. I mean, if you own every Max Lucado book out there, right? If you own a book, even especially a devotional book that you never even read. It's kind of like how many of you go to a buffet, right? You know that saying, your eyes are bigger than your stomach, and you load up your plate because they let you. So you literally get a little bit of everything. And then do you eat everything on the plate? No. No, because, like they say, you know, your parents tell you, your eyes are bigger than your stomach, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we can be like that. Oh, this looks good. This looks good. Right? I really like this author, so we'll buy everything by them. With all the good intentions of reading them, of using them. But then it sits on a shelf. Gathering dust. Just like our food stays on the plate until they take it away. It's not enough just to grasp at it. It's not enough to put it on our plate if we leave it there. Matthew 7, 26 says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. You guys ever been to the beach? You ever tried to set something up on sand, especially when you get closer to the shoreline and it's just gone? You're like, wait, what? Right? We could literally go to this service because we finished pretty early. We can go to another service. We can go to a service after lunch. And we can go to a night service. But if we learn nothing from any of them, going to church four times in a day doesn't mean anything. 
have to put it on our plate. We have to eat it, and we have to digest it. But sometimes in today's society, the other norm, actually, because we go one way or the other sometimes, is that we don't eat up. How many of you guys feel like you're facing a difficult time? Now, if you're exercising, you're normally told to have so many calories that you intake because you do what when you exercise? You burn calories, right? And if you don't intake enough calories when you exercise, I mean, what happens if you don't? You get sick, you get weak, right? Your body fails you. We can be like that with the scripture. We can be like that with God. How many of us have been facing a hard time, right? Knowing and relying on his word and taking it daily like we would food can be what helps us stay strong when we're faced with temptation. The Bible itself says that life is like a race, right? That we are running a good race and we want to finish it. Paul talks about reaching that finish line and being told, well done, good and faithful servant, right? But how many of us sometimes feel like we're not taking enough in for what we're facing in life? goes back again to Matthew 7, 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who has built his house on sand. What are you putting in? Are you putting in enough for what you're facing out of life? Because just like burning through your calories when you're exercising and not intaking enough can lead to fatigue. When we don't take enough scripture and the word of God into our own lives, when we are facing things, we can get fatigued in life. Burned out. And even better. seem to be working hard for the Lord, following his will, doing what he has asked us to do. But if we aren't paying attention to what we are putting into us, like we pay attention to make sure we eat enough food for the demands of that day. You know, if we know we're going to have a busy day, do we eat a big meal? We prepare our bodies, we make sure we have enough energy, right? so that we can get through whatever task is ahead of us. So if we're experiencing a difficult task ahead of us, and we don't prepare ourselves adequately by taking in the Word, then we are doing ourselves a disservice. We're going to fall off along the wayside. There's another danger, though. We can overeat and never use it. We can undereat and burn through it too quickly. 
or what we're taking in may not be enough for us. And this one and the other one can go hand in hand. We could be burning through it too quickly because what we are putting in our mouths, what we are feeding ourselves, isn't enough food. It's baby food, right? First Peter 2, 2 says, Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that it, by it you may grow up in your salvation. Have you ever tried to have a live off of a diet of baby food after you were beyond those stages? Right? Does it seem like it would be a good idea? Does it seem like it would give you enough nutrition? Those little pre-measured serving sizes, it doesn't matter if it tastes like meat, it probably isn't meat. Does it seem like something that would sustain you for long distances? But the truth of the matter is, if we're only reading devotional books and that's how we get our scripture, that's what we're eating. Baby food. If we're not reading through the Bible as it is, but just certain feel-good, encouraging scriptures, then we're eating baby food. It's okay for a snack, you know? Hey, we talk about those meals. Three square meals and snacks in between, right? Yeah. That's how I eat. But... Could you really survive off of baby food alone? No. So why would you do that to yourself spiritually? I have some crackers up here. Crackers and peanut butter, right? I actually made sure we got honey peanut butter because it says the word of the Lord is as sweet as honey. honey so. I didn't want to give you guys a real honey because that's so much sugar. But we got some honey peanut butter, right? Now, if I were to offer you a cracker with peanut butter on it, how many of you guys would want one? Be willing to have one, right? But let's say I offer you a cracker with this lovely honey peanut butter, because the word of the Lord is as sweet as honey, right? Would you want a cracker now? No, this looks good, okay. But what if I did this and I ate it and then offered it to you? Out of my mouth. Would you want that? No. No. Only baby birds actually eat food out of people's mouths, right? But, sadly, that's what we're doing sometimes. Because we don't invest in ourselves enough in the Word. That whatever we are partaking and putting into ourselves is something that's already been chewed up by somebody else. We aren't spending the time look into it ourselves. We wouldn't want to eat that cracker all munched up, would we? No. No. 
we wouldn't even want to see someone necessarily eat it, would we? You're like, no, don't show me. I was like, oh, no seafood diets here. But, I'm not saying, hey, pre-digested stuff doesn't have value, you know? When you come and you listen to a sermon, that's somebody presenting something that they've already mulled over and digested, and then they're breaking it down to you. Sometimes when you read those devotional books, they're going through something, and it's a scripture, it's a passage that they've already mulled over, much digested, and they're presenting it to you. And having friends and speaking about the word isn't a bad thing. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching. But, the truth of the matter is, we need to be willing to make a commitment that pre-digested stuff with our own meals. Someone said a scripture earlier. All scriptures, right? But we have a habit Picking through and reading scriptures when we need them, right? And we pick certain ones. Like if I were to ask you your favorite scripture verse, what would they be? The attitudes. When we ask, especially kids, they know certain scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Philippians 4 through 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Yes. Does that mean that we can go out and run a triathlon? No. Nope. No. What he's saying is if I called you to something and I've given you a task, guess what? You can accomplish the task I've set before you through my strength. How about Jeremiah 29 11? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Interestingly enough, do you know people think that means that the life will always be good? Have any of you have had the perfect life and have never had anything bad happen? How many of you have never been harmed in life? Well, then, does that mean Jeremiah is a liar? No. I always love that verse. If you want to read a book, read Jeremiah. Start at Jeremiah 28. Start at Jeremiah 29 with chapter 1, verse 1. Because what's happening in that scripture makes even Jeremiah 29 11 so much more of an encouraging scripture, so much more relevant for our lives. Because what he's saying is, is guess Hard times are coming. It is going to be really bad. But I 
plan for you to get through it. And I have a plan for something better for you on the other side. Doesn't that sound like our lives, right? When we're Christians, when we get through this life, we know that we have eternal life waiting for us, right? And so then, oh, it actually really is an encouraging scripture because no matter what life is going to throw at us, it's, we're not going to be able to avoid it, but we're going to get through it. And that's the importance of being able to digest the scriptures on our own. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That man of God may be perfect through for thoroughly furnished into all good works. That's from the King James Version. It basically says all scriptures can be used. And so there's no reason for us to jump around the Bible. There are some scriptures some Bible passages, some books in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that people just skip right over. What's the use of Leviticus, right? Exodus, nobody needs to read those. But what we can do is learn from them when we read them. The Bible, history itself, society tells us that if we don't learn from our past, we're doomed to repeat it. You want to know someone who never learned that lesson? Read about it in the Old Testament when the Israelites had this huge circle they just kept doing, where they kept learning it, then they'd forget it. Then they'd learn it, then they'd forget it. And they just went around and around and around like this. And so, the first thing that we need to understand when we believe, that's essential for all Christians, is that we believe in the Bible, that God has given it to us. by inspiration of God, but that they are what we are to use to govern us, to guide us, and that it's important that we partake of it. Not just in little snack bites, but eating it like we would a meal. So that whenever we're faced with hardships in our life, we have enough in us of him in his word that we can stand against whatever is going to come our way. We're going to listen to that song again, the word, and we're going to have a time of prayer and commitment. Interestingly enough, this is actually part of this. If you're willing or you want to commit putting the word of the Lord in you more. And you want a cracker and some honey. As you take this time to pray, if you're like me, you're an object learner, visual learner. Have a cracker with some honey. And pray that he will help you be committed, convicted of putting his word in you.
if you don't even know him. That's the first step. To call out to him. To ask forgiveness. To get to know him. To ask him into your lives. So we're going to play that song, and as it plays, you'll have a chance to respond.
Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now this day, and we thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done for us. For sending Jesus and for giving us your word so that we can put it in our hearts and use it to guide our lives as we draw closer to you. Help us, Lord, to use your word as a light into our feet, into our path. Be with us now as we go forth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.